Whether you're a badass entrepreneur, unstoppable stay-at-home mom, or anything in between, if you want to bring the best of everything you do, you've got to have the skills to think, feel, and be mentally strong and damn resilient. And the podcast, Mentally Stronger, with therapist Amy Moran, who I've actually had on my show, is filled with stories, struggles, and strategies to help you become the strongest and best absolute version of yourself. Now, Amy Moran is a psychotherapist, international best-selling author, and TEDx speaker with more than 23 million views. And her podcast, guys, is jam-packed full of mentally strength-building tools and tricks that couldn't be more actionable or practical. So tune in to Mentally Strong with therapist Amy Moran and build the mental strength you need to become your best. Once you start to recognize the tactics that people will use to silence you, you can stand up for yourself better. So there's sort of the classical grandiose narcissism. This is often what we think of as sort of the textbook, arrogant, charming, charismatic, confident, you know, sort of really holds the room before long between four and 12 weeks the blush is going to fall off the rose kind of thing. And it's going to be that they're much more, you'll see that they're getting bored with you, that their superficiality really becomes problematic. They are very contemptuous and dismissive and invalidating. I suppose there's almost a distinction to make between toxic behavior and mismatches in investment. I think that when someone is saying something that's not been earned yet, that is something of a red flag. And I say you get what you tolerate. So if I know someone's lying to me, I'll be thoughtful as far as why they're lying to me because sometimes people will lie out of fear, they'll lie because they're ashamed. At least for me, Lisa, I'll tell you this, when I'm done, when I make that conscious choice to be done with someone, I'm done with that. You don't get to say, I'm wounded. And that's your get out of jail free card. It doesn't work that way. I understand that you're wounded. Go do the work, okay? Go do the work. We actually may mistake that chemistry for compatibility. And compatibility is about how do we line up in the areas of our lives in such a way that if you never changed and I never changed, we would still fit like a glove and we would both be happy and have our needs met in this relationship for the rest of our lives. But if it comes down to, yo, we now understand what the base assumptions are and I still think you're crazy because now we're talking about a value, the way things ought to be. So I understand your position, you understand mine, but I think you're crazy and you think I'm crazy. That's where it gets dangerous. We set triggers or red flags for us to know it, to know when it's gonna happen. If you're just open to everybody all the time, you're gonna, you're just gonna be inviting it in all the time. So you do have to create those barriers for yourself. You don't trust that someone's never gonna betray you. You just trust that you'll be able to handle it if they do. Stop worrying about whether you can trust someone else. Maybe you can't. Worry only about yourself. So because I think there's different people in different situations, I want to start with how do you spot potential red flags on someone that could potentially be toxic in a relationship? So let's say you're starting to date um, and you want to know the red flags so that you can identify them before you maybe then commit to them. So I suppose there's almost a distinction to make between toxic behavior and mismatches in investment. Because someone can be toxic. There could be red flags that tell you that someone is really going to be poisonous for your life. But then there could just be red flags that we are not on the same page. Okay. It's not that they're toxic, but our intentions are not the same. What we're willing to put into this isn't the same. So I think 
I suppose one that could fall into both categories is where someone's words don't match their actions. Can you give me an example? Well, you know when you, you, you know when you go on a date with someone and uh, you know they start professing things, their their feelings for you, and you go, how could you feel this so quick? You know, like this is seems a lot, very quickly. You know, they're ready to write poetry for you after one date. They're they're ready to. You know, they tell you, "Oh my God, I've never met anyone like you. You're so incredible." You, after if someone's saying all of those things after one date, that's a bit of a red flag, to me, because they don't really know you. Mm. Whatever they're saying has to, in some part, be to do with their projection of you, what idea they have of you.、Mm. I feel the same way when someone comes into an interview with me, and they're. You know, if they're trying to work for my company, but the way they interview is like, I will go to hell and back for you, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I've just, I, I am so excited to work for your company, whatever. And I'm like, but you haven't even asked me any questions about my company. Like, I know that you're saying this from what you think from the outside, but you don't know what it's like working on the inside of my company yet, so you don't even know necessarily how much you'll enjoy it, and. And so I think that when someone is saying something that's not been earned yet, by the point in relationship you're at, that is something of a red flag. So I think there's red flags in terms of is this person saying things that aren't earned by how much time we've actually spent together and how much we've actually got to know each other? Because if they are doing that, it's probably not based on me. It's based on an idea they have of me or just a way they want to feel. A way they enjoy feeling, and maybe they've enjoyed feeling that way five times in the last year, and they're they're addicted to that rush, that feeling.、Uh, and of course, you know, a classic sort of—I don't like to say trait of a narcissist. I prefer narcissistic leaning trait <laughs> because I think that narcissist is a word that's thrown around so、mm-hmm. casually these days. Like everyone's a narcissist. I think there's a there's a narcissistic streak in all of us. You know, we're all we've all got some in self indulgence that rears its head, and we spend most of our lives trying to depart from that to be the best we can be, right? To try and be more giving or or be less focused on us all the time. I, I think we all have that that streak in us. Some more than、mm. others, and some are you know we can say are genuinely diagnosable as narcissists, but we're we're throwing it around way too casually. And so, what I like to tell people is, when you are dating, that is the perfect time to really go slow and take stock. And you have to see dating much like you see interviewing for a job. So, if you've ever been a supervisor or a manager, I want you to think about dating in the very same way, because you are hiring for the most important position on earth, <laughs> and that position is for your life mate. And that's how we have to see dating. We have to look at the individuals that we are dating as potential candidates to fill this position, instead of dating thinking that this person is supposed to be our life mate.、Yeah. So, unfortunately, we give boyfriends or girlfriends the husband or wife experience when we don't even know if we should be hiring them for that position. Okay, so it's got to be like a test drive. So when we're first interviewing people, they're like candidates, and you go, "Well, tell me about yourself. Well, tell me where you're from," and you're thinking about them within context of your employment, right? In, in terms of the organization that you're thinking about having them come on board. You might like them and interview them a second time or a third time. You may have them meet other employees of the company in social settings, over dinner, or in the boardroom during meetings. Dating should be very similar to that because what you're wanting to learn is who this person is. You're wanting to get past the representative, right? Because their representative is not who they are. Their representative is who they think you want them to be. So that's very important because they're filtering you and trying to adjust while you're filtering them.、Mm-hmm. So we've got all this early filtering going on, and we need to see them in different environments and then compare: do they actually appear to be who they say that they are over time? 
right? Because people will tell you one thing, but their behavior can tell you something completely different. It takes time in order to see that. And the hard part is, unfortunately, not only do we often jump in bed too quickly, and the reason why the jumping in bed is important is because the moment that we bring sex in, all of those hormones flood our systems and it clouds our judgment. Again, we go back to being love drunk. I literally am intoxicated the moment that I have sex with you and I am not going to see you the same. So it's like going to bed at two with a 10 and then waking up at 10 with a two. What do you They're mean by that? Great. I, don't... I mean, so... If I'm partying, I'm having a great time. By the time I go to the club and it's 2 a.m., the person that I'm leaving with in my drunken state, uh. in my high state, in my party state, they are a 10. <laughs> it's 2 in the morning. I'm feeling great. Everything is wonderful. I am going home with a 10, okay? Then at 10 in the morning, after all of those intoxicants have come out of my bloodstream and I'm sober and I roll over and I wake up with you and all of your makeup is on the pillowcase or all of my face <laughs> hair as the man is on the pillowcase and we've taken off all of the lashes and the nails and I get to see you, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, who are you? You're a two. You are not a 10. You are a two. You are not somebody that I would have actually dated. So we need to be able to see that person with a clear eye and sex complicates that because it literally clouds our brain. It gives us a brain fog. So the longer that we can hold out on the sex, the more objective we can be about who the person is. Mm -hmm. That's important. The other part of this is we have to know that over time, time is what allows us to see a person in different situations. We can talk about theoretically whether or not we think we line up in a particular way, but having actual experiences where we're challenged to see who we are is totally different, which is why to go back to the starter marriage, I often tell folks, if you really want to know who somebody is, divorce them, right? Or break up with them. Many people learn way more about a person at the end of a relationship than they did in the entire relationship. So it is not about time that heals all wounds or creates something different, but what you do with that time. So therefore, it is also important in terms of compatibility, how we date a person. If every time we date, we just go out to dinner and a movie, we're not having any conversation. How do I know about you? How do I know about how you handle challenges? How do I know how you handle being caught off guard? How do I know how you handle social settings? How do I know how you treat other people? If we only date in places and spaces that never really show me who you are, but now when we're together, I'm not dating you to just have fun nights. I'm dating you in places and spaces that require the full range of you to show up. If we don't ever exercise that point of who we are until we're already married or until we've already moved in together or we've already created children or other kind of lifetime commitments that find us stuck together, we've created a whole set of problems for ourselves that now we may be resentful of. Now we may be frustrated with. Now we may become annoyed because I'm stuck with you in a different way and I'm going to make different choices based upon those consequences that we've already created. So that you're saying, how do you identify these red flags? Once you've communicated about something three times, mm. okay, and it has been dishonored, devalued, not listened to, or invalidated, that's it. You're done. And if after, you're staying at the table after that, it's then time to recognize what our, this is why I'm saying education about narcissism is so important mm. because for many people, they don't get it. So now a person's out there saying, three times I gave someone the benefit of the doubt, three times this, we had the same issue. Now I know there's, there's no there there. And, but again, it's then it's that work of devaluation and un understanding that about yourself that you might say, I don't deserve better. That's your narrative. Mm. That's you needing to go to therapy. That's you figuring it out. Cause if the being, you deserve someone to be on time. If that is what you value, you deserve that. If you're staying in it because you think you don't deserve better, then it, you've now, you're in a cycle because especially someone narcissistic is never going to change that. And so that's where I'm saying that doing the deep dive on yourself becomes really, really important. And the fantasy always has been for the child when a person's a child, 
my parent is going to end up stepping up and being a good person when the parent never turns around. And in adulthood, we play that fantasy out in our adult relationships. I want them to turn around and it doesn't happen. And so it's really about giving people the knowledge about what this is. So once they're in it, they can say, mm, this isn't working. Because with a narcissistic person, the earlier you leave, the easier it is to extract, right? If it's after just a few dates or a few times, then you're sort of like nobody has that much skin in the game. The problem is early in the game, the narcissist doesn't like to lose. So they will try to suck you back. They'll try to hoover you back. And that is very seductive. So this person who wasn't on time is all of a sudden sending you flowers or sending you a lot of text messages or doing and saying exactly the things you want because it just turned into a game for them. It's not about them. Oh, I heard this person. I want to be on time. It's more of, oh, I'm not going to lose at this game. And they'll suck them back in and they'll go back to not being there. There's another thing that you said, I'm so loving this, by the way. There's another thing that you said, which is, um, that wasn't my intention. And the funny thing is, that's the strategy I now have been using for the last few months when I'm apologizing to someone. I'm literally saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry, that wasn't my intention. Because even, I need them to know that I didn't want to upset them or hurt them. But then I heard you say, if someone says it wasn't my intention, then that is a big red flag. Okay, it's a red flag when they're not showing any care and concern for your feeling. So if somebody gets very upset, you've done something, okay, whatever it may be, and they are upset, and you say, I, I for, no matter what, you always want to start with empathy, always open with empathy. That's a rule people should hold and say, I hear you, you're, I can hear you're very upset, and I'm so sorry, and, and even worse, I can see that I was, I, I'm, responsible you know it was our interaction that's you know that's contributing to this you know please tell me how you're feeling always give that person a chance to share because what we do is we're so uncomfortable with other people's discomfort with us we tend to cut that conversation off because we don't want to hear it but they need to say it and if they feel safe and we're holding space for them they'll share it and say I felt hurt. I felt unheard. I felt devalued. And you'll say, I am so sorry. I want to tell you it wasn't my intention. However, that doesn't matter because you're hurt. You see the difference mm -hmm. between then somebody who just opens up with the person says, you hurt my feelings, la, 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 la. And then the, a person says, well, that wasn't my intention. Uh, you see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's like it's sort of these words get their power in terms of placement and whether or not the person's building empathy in there. Mm -hmm. So if you're really available, because at that point, after you've heard someone and held a safe space for them and empathized with them and really took it in as hard as it was to do that, they have now, they've soothed a bit. They recognize you are safe. Mm -hmm. So when you say that wasn't my intention, after all of that, they'll say, no, 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 I get that it wasn't your intention. I understand that. And they feel safe enough to share an emotion. That means that relationship can now go to the next level of intimacy because it's safe. Mm -hmm. But if you shared something with me, you say, hey, Dr. Robin, I'm, you know, I'm hurt because da, 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 da. And I openly and I said, well, that wasn't my intention. I've just shut you down. Mm. I've not opened the door for you to share. And that's what narcissistic people do. They shut the lines of communication through manipulations. That wasn't my intention through gaslighting. There's nowhere to go at that point. So the relationship lacks intimacy because there's no sharing. Where there's a difference in energy, where there's just a difference in effort, that's where people have to be very careful because that's where people start labeling they're a narcissist. Well, okay, I get, there's different when someone has truly misled you. You know, mm -hmm. someone painted a picture of themselves as one person and then they turned out to be something completely different. That, by the way, can happen to any of us. And it has. If you've been dating long enough or been in business long enough, that's happened to you somewhere. 100%. So that's life. You know, people reveal who they are not through their words, but through situations. And you have to, in order to really see who someone is, you have to see them in, in enough situations. Mm -hmm. So you, that doesn't mean distrusting something they say about themselves. Someone can tell you something about themselves and you go, that I, I take you at your word. Mm -hmm. But that's not the same as investing based on those words. You still allow someone to reveal themselves through their actions. But if you're finding that 
ah, I'm really noticing that my energy is in a different place to somebody else's. I seem to be giving more than they're willing to give. Instead of allowing that to keep going and going and going and going and going to the point where you become so bitter and resentful at it that when they finally leave or it finally truly breaks down, they're a narcissist or they're a mm. terrible human being. Instead, we have to catch it, catch it early enough because this is a major red flag, right? Oh, it seems to me we're in like month one. Or, or we're in week four, or we're in week eight, or month three, and I still just feel like I'm willing to give to this more than the other person is. At that point, you have to notice that there's a gap. And that, that is, see, everyone fights for a relationship based on potential. <laughs> it's based on what they think it could be. Even that person that, you know, but I, but I love them. <laughs> what they're fighting for is, their vision of what the relationship could be. Right. Or you know, should be. Or should be. They think. But in their mind, it's still, yeah, like it, but we love each other so much, this, this should be the most amazing thing ever. Well, let's look at what it is. Mm -hmm. In the early stages of dating, it's actually very important that I, we miss crucial opportunities to see what the relationship is if we lunge in with attacks and accusations instead of letting someone know what we're feeling and asking them kind but honest questions. We don't really see what's going on because they feel attacked, their, their defenses go up. What we really need to do is say, I'm going to learn more about this person's intentions, either because I don't feel they're trying hard enough or as much as me, or because they just did something that I don't feel was very nice. I'm going to learn more about what's behind it and that is going to provide me with information. Acknowledge that there's a gap. There's a gap between where I want things to be and where they are. Highlight the gap in a, in a classy and tactful way. Look at whether this person acknowledges the gap, because it's usually the sign of a toxic relationship if the gap can't even be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I'm trying just as much as you. And if you're like, you're really not. Like I'm clearly hey, come on. making many more sacrifices than you are doing. Think of you way more than you think of me. Do more than you do for me. Like if you know there really is a gap and it is not being acknowledged at all, that there is no sense of someone being able to look at themselves honestly and go, okay, you're right. If they try and make you crazy, that's a form of, of toxic behavior. But can they acknowledge the gap? That's the first step. Now that's a positive sign if they can. You can work with that, right? Ah, this is actually a sign of a healthy relationship. I've brought something up. They didn't make me feel stupid for bringing it up and being vulnerable and revealing a wound. But that alone isn't enough because someone could say, I get it. You're right. I'm going to do better. And then a month from now, nothing's changed. Yeah. And that's where you have to say, it's one thing that someone is acknowledging the gap, but acknowledging and being able to deliver are two very different things. And the fourth step is noticing whether the gap's being reduced. What up guys? Now I'm gonna share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself and sometimes or maybe very often doubt the decisions I've made and so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well let's face it when it comes to hiring people on your team the pressure to make the right choice the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why honestly you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a 
billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free, guys, at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional or relationships, All relationships require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is. Because that's the important part, that you can absolutely have BetterHelp navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have. And all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with a therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you. So guys, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. So go visit betterhelp.com slash women today to get 10% off your first month. That's help, H-E-L-P dot com slash women. When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell every stage of your business. Whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores, Shopify's got you covered, my homie. And their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. The other persona to watch for is self-righteousness. That is huge. So that's the I am holier than thou. I know better. I'm, I'm above you. Or when you have people, you ever, you, know, you ever have anybody be like, you know what, I'm really going to pray for you because you need it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anybody says that to you? It's like, first of all, it's the most condescending thing you can say to someone because it's insinuating I'm closer to God or Allah or whoever you believe to than you are. So I'm going to talk to him for you. No, don't worry about it. I'll go talk to him or her myself. And with self-righteousness, it's like you believe you're so right. And that's rigidity. That when you think, no, 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 I'm so right. Let me tell you how right I am. Red flags. And look at how people treat other people. Because if they gossip about other people, they treat other people the, poor, the, the wrong way, I promise you they're doing the same thing to you or will do the same thing to you. You have to look at people holistically, who they are with everybody, because that's going to come back to you.
So your personality types, I think, are a yin yang. Your values, though, I think, need to、mm-hmm. be very similar, deadly similar. Because if you really clash on something super important, and we talk about this, it's like when you when you're arguing, 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 you may have a base assumption misalignment, and it's like, oh, you think. Things are one way. I think things are another way. But once I understand your base assumption, oh, you think you know X, Y, Z. Then it's like, okay, well, it's not a value. Now I understand where you're coming from. That perspective, I can adopt it easily. But if it comes down to, yo, we now understand what the base assumptions are, and I still think you're crazy, because now we're talking about a value, the way things ought to be. And once you get to the way things ought to be and you have a collision there so i understand your position you understand mine but i think you're crazy and you think i'm crazy that's where it gets dangerous you can have some you will have some but oh if you have too many and you don't know how to navigate or compartmentalize or say hey cool like we'll put that on the back burner uh you're gonna have a real problem yeah because i remember when we first met One of the things that almost everybody universally told me that I knew was like, I know where this goes. You don't normally go after somebody、yeah. like that. He's, he's not your he's, type. He's not your type. He's very different, and that was because I was brought up in North London around a Greek and Turkish community, and so that was who I was around. That's who I dated.、Mm. Um, but everybody. So when I had said I had met this guy, and you had met my friends for the first time, a lot of people were like, "He's so different from you." Like. Ha- How can you guys relate? So when you、mm. even went to my dad and asked for his blessing、yeah. um, to marry me, and he said no, a big part of his argument was you guys come from different worlds,、yeah. right? You come from America. I come from a very traditional Greek family in England. So our religions are completely. You weren't even christened. I came from a Greek Orthodox background,、mm. and so when I hear people talking about this type of thing, from the surface it may seem. You guys will never last.、Right. Like, how are you ever going to agree on things? But I always went back to, but I know who you are. Like your core values as a person. You treat people well. You treated me well. You showed love and respect to my family. You always give me respect. You never try and shut me down. So, like to me, that's what's important. It's not about where you come from or whether you have the same religious background or if you. At least for me, I will、right. say it didn't make a difference. It was like, are you a good person? Are you a good human being? Are you going to treat me well? So I assessed what my values were, and then looked at yours and saw how they aligned well.、Mm-hmm. But from the outside, I think people can just look at how you were brought up, and that dictates who you are. But I actually don't agree with that. It it can play out badly. There's no question. Like so, one. Uh, in a lot of things in our relationship, one of us is devoid of opinion, and the other feels very strongly. So、um, I wasn't religious at all, and when we thought we were going to have kids, you were like, "Look, our kids are going to be christened in the church." I had to get、um, baptized to marry you in a Greek church. So if I had had very strong religious convictions in a different direction,、mm. that would have been problematic. But you. Did in a sense of like you were saying I don't believe in God and here I didn't I believe, saying... but I wasn't giving anything up in order to get baptized. So it was like all of the traditions and all of that stuff which are wrapped around that I didn't have any.、Mm-hmm. So it was like yes, I wasn't converting emotionally. I was doing it in order to、um, give you what you wanted to be able to get married in the church and all of that. But it was easy because I didn't feel like I was giving anything up. Like if I had had another, if I was devout in another direction, that might have been a sticking point for me.、Mm-hmm. Because then I would have said, okay, well, sure, I'll do it to get married. But like, I don't want to raise our kids in that religion. I want to relate, raise them in this religion. So I think there are times where you can't BS yourself. Your dad wasn't like barking up the wrong tree. He just didn't understand us well enough. To know sort of where we were, like you weren't actually doggedly religious, and so we sort of found an equilibrium there. We both have a sense of awe. We both know there's something bigger than ourselves,、um, and at this point, neither of us sort of think of that in a traditional religious sense. So that was easy to overcome because I didn't have any,、um, you know, trappings of religion that I felt like I was turning my back on in order to get baptized. That was easy to overcome.、Um, We both wanted to be around our families, so navigating things like that, it was like, of course you're going to want to be around your family, and you were like, of course I'm going to want to be around my family. So we would fly back and forth every holiday, even when we were poor, and it was like painful, and we had to take the world's cheapest flights and do crazy layovers, and we would still go see both families at at、uh, Christmas time. So it was like, there was no argument there. There was no like. You know why would we do that? And you、right. weren't saying, well, we just saw your family at Thanksgiving. Like,、mm-hmm. why can't we do Christmas at mine? Like, we 
we saw things so similarly that it just became easy to sort of from a place of like you're saying mutual respect it was easy to be like yeah i get why that would be important to you so between sort of these you feel strongly on something and i'm i don't feel strongly i feel strongly on something you don't feel strongly mm -hmm. or then we shared things where we could give that mutual respect and understanding it it's worked out and the thing that scares me about it is how much of that we didn't really have the knowledge to like put a finger on it when we fell in love if you've had a bad um, a bad relationship and they've done something wrong and you want to learn from it right you're like okay what will I do different Le next time you've learned all these lessons you bring the lessons to your next relationship and let's say your next relationship where they do one little thing that is similar to that I think people some people who have their defenses up are like oh my god there it is I knew that I found it and they'll bounce versus going what does this mean about them is this a reflection i need to pay attention mm. right don't ignore it that would be a mistake but going sort of jump into conclusions let me like play it by ear or let me see if that actually does come into fruition would you like suggest kind of testing a bit like that i think that um you have to come to them from a compassionate place as a teammate because that again that has to be your standard i'm going to come with a sense of teamwork and compassion that says, I'm not immediately going to attribute, even if my fears are screaming mm. at me too, I'm not immediately going to attribute the worst possible intention to this. Instead, I'm going to get curious about what was behind this when you did it. Here's how it made me feel like his, it, it has upset me. And you know, rightly or wrongly, that's because it made me feel like you didn't care or you weren't mm -hmm. thinking of me. And if we can do that without immediately labeling, without immediately accusing, if we can create just a little bit of space between the point at which we get curious and the point at which we've drawn all of our conclusions, mm. That space saves relationships and the conclusions are natural. If we've been screwed over, if the last time we saw this behavior, it was followed by realizing someone was cheating on you, then it's natural to see a little bit of it and immediately go to the same place. Mm. But I've, I mean, in, in all sorts of different ways, I've been made a fool of there where I saw someone in one relationship do something that looked like some, someone, something someone did before which usually was, you know, followed by some horrible pain. Mm. And I immediately jumped to this feeling and then, you know, made a conclusion. Our brains are, we have a supercomputer, but that's also dangerous because the number of calculations and deductions that can get made in mere seconds that can take us mm. from, someone didn't text me back to three hours to they're having an affair. <laughs> We have to learn how to recognize when we're being manipulated, when we're being taken advantage of. Lots of times people will use those tactics as a way to shut you up, right? Because they want to do something that you don't want them to do. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying this stuff as a way to say to you, be quiet. Here's my bound. They're giving you their boundary. Don't talk to me about this stuff. And so once you start to recognize the tactics that people will use to silence you, you can stand up for yourself better. I was just talking to a friend about a situation I had where someone was doing something really mean and they would gaslight me and they would say, well, I did it because you did this thing. And, you know, at the time I was really young and, and I never thought it was my fault. I would think, huh, there's really something wrong with this person. So <laughs> like this thing is clearly not my fault. Um, at that time, I was in a, in a position to get out of it, right? But as I've gotten older, I am very clear on when I'm being manipulated, when I'm being taken advantage of. I'm clear of the wording. 
you know, that people will use, like you're being too sensitive, you're taking this too far, you're in your feelings, it's not that big of a deal. When I hear those things, I think it is that big of a deal. I'm talking about it. Anything I talk about is a big deal. Um, so I feel something and you're being dismissive. So the more you increase your language around what's happening in the situation, the better you will be at recognizing when someone is trying to set boundaries over your boundaries. They're really trying to say, hey, I don't want you to talk to me about this thing. And this is how I'm going to get you to stop. Mm. What do you mean increase your language? Can you give me an example? Developing your vocabulary. So knowing what it sounds like when someone is taking advantage of you by using certain phrases. Um, I would do it for you if you ask me or um, it seems like you have enough time to do it. Why don't you you can't do it on Saturday? You know, when they're trying to do these things that you're like, wow, like I feel really bad again for not doing it. And Although we don't like to take certain things as a complete statement, like, no, um, that doesn't work for me. This is not a good time. We really like to challenge that with people. It's not okay. Mm. It's not okay for us to do it to people. And it's not okay for that to be done to us. And this, this is critical. If you're in a relationship, and you weaponize the knowledge that you have about that person against them. You know my every insecurity. I mean the fucking really weird nuanced ones. In 19 years of being together, you've never weaponized anything against me. Not something that I said in the past. You don't do the like bringing something up from a past argument. You don't do any of that shit. And it would be so easy for you because your mind is like a steel trap. It fucking terrifies me. <laughs> and you remember all of that stuff. Like for me, I'm gonna fucking forget it anyway. So. But I mean, I know your insecurities well enough. I could certainly weaponize them against you, but I don't want to. Like, I don't even have the desire or the inclination. It's like, I could end this argument. I could drop her to a bag of sobbing rubble if I just said this one thing. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in doing that. It's like, it's so terrifying to think how fragile trust really is that it only takes one gnarly comment that was aimed to be cruel and you can really do a lot of damage. So we had earned all that trust. So by the time we're talking about stuff like that, it's like we've already been together for a while. There's a lot of trust built up. It's, it's so important to, to treat people kindly and to make them feel better about themselves when they're around you. So what we're talking about here in a sense is is a form of trust. Yeah. How do you trust the next time round that it will be different? Right. I think that we focus on the wrong thing there. Mm. I think that we focus on, and, and actually I think a lot of advice that's given gets people to focus on the wrong thing because a lot of people say, you have to trust, you know, this is a different person. This is a different situation. You have to go in trusting. And it's, it's like, it might be a different person. It might be the same person all over again. I mean, you don't know. The point is you don't know and you can't know. You can't know how someone might disrespect you, cheat on you, lie to you, you betray you, you can't know. And if you can't know, reassuring someone that this, you can trust them. It's gonna be okay. It's pointless. Why reassure them something that you and them can't possibly know? Mm -hmm. So rather than try and control this thing that's uncontrollable, that's kind of just a dead end, it's a loop that you have to go on of reassurance, Freaking out again, reassurance, freaking out again. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of other ways of looking at it. You don't have to trust someone else if you trust yourself. That's the first thing. And by trust yourself, mm -hmm. I mean, if a lot of people are afraid that they're going to get into another relationship, that they're going to get close to someone, that that person's going to hurt them. But their experience has shown them in the past that when someone hurt them like that, they didn't necessarily have the strength to walk away. 
they didn't necessarily have the strength to rebuild themselves afterwards. You know, I had a woman come to me and she said, I, 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 you know, she had children from a previous marriage and her husband cheated on her. And she said, I find it difficult to trust in the next thing. I said, but you can trust yourself far more this time because she said I, I was in that marriage 20 years and I, I and I knew seven years ago that there were problems that this person was unfaithful and I stayed in it year after year and it scared me off of trusting someone I said but you eventually left right you you're not who you were seven years ago where you found out and then stayed for seven years you're who you are today who actually had the strength to leave and understanding that is the key to self-trust We've learned how to deal with certain situations. We've learned how to walk away faster. We've learned how to spot red flags in a way that our 21-year-old self was far too naive to or ignored. We know what to pay attention to these days. So it's not like we have to go around playing detective next time or worrying, are they going to cheat? Or are they going to do that? Well, they might just make peace with it. In, in California, there might be an earthquake. You and I aren't sitting here like this just in case there's an earthquake, are we? Like... At any point, this could happen. No, you you know, you know, have Get your procedure. Like if there's an earthquake, we're going to stand in a certain part of the house that's the safest and, and now get on with life. You, you don't trust that someone's never going to betray you. You just trust that you'll be able to handle it if they do, that you'll be able to walk away. That's a massive key to it. Stop worrying about whether you can trust someone else. Maybe you can't. We don't know that. Only time will tell. If you can trust somebody else, that is a pointless waste of your energy to worry about. Worry only about yourself. So that's the first argument for trusting is that just trust you. Don't trust them, trust you. I can walk away if I need to. Mm. Um, there's also the standards argument for trust, which is that I'm gonna trust and and you know, what happens when we don't trust is we suffocate people, we get overly jealous, we get controlling, we start playing detective in their life in a way that invades their privacy, steps over their boundaries. We start doing things that are unfair to the other person. Mm -hmm. And we start damaging the relationship for a fear that hasn't necessarily even come true yet. Now the relationship is getting damaged, not because of, the not because of what they're doing, but because of the way we're now violating the integrity of the relationship. So you have to have a standard that says, I'm going to play my part in creating a beautiful relationship. I'm going to give this person space enough to hang themselves, enough to betray me. I have to. That's what a great relationship is. I have to give you enough space where you can betray me, where you can do something wrong. It can't be that you only don't betray me because I'm monitoring you the whole time. <laughs> right, yeah, the threat of it. <laughs> right, that's not, now I don't know what I have if the, if, if the conditions for you not betraying me are that you're under surveillance. Mm -hmm. I only know what I have if I give you complete freedom to do it and you don't. Mm -hmm. So my standard has to be, I'm gonna trust not because you're never gonna betray me, and I know that for sure, I'm going to trust because that's my standard for the kind of relationship I want to be in. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energize which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass so it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with ag1 now if you're a long time listener you might know that i've actually been supporting ag1 for many years now and that's because ag1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization stress management and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, 
That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right, it'll have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The badass boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.